Hello and welcome to Pickleball Therapy, the podcast dedicated to your pickleball improvement. This week we're going to tackle a couple of interesting subjects. One is we're going to talk about up-down versus down-up. It's a really important concept when you're playing pickleball and if you're not understanding it, it can really hold you back out there. And then the second thing we're going to talk about in the riff is we're going to talk about can I play on that court? In other words, there's a court that's maybe like an advanced court or a challenge court or something like that. And the question a lot of players ask is, can I go on that court? That's what we're going to tackle in this week's podcast. Stay tuned. If you want to have the most fun you've ever had on the pickleball court, while at the same time learning the skills and strategies that you need to play your best pickleball, check out our VI Pickleball Camps. If you want to be notified of upcoming camps and also just want to stay in touch and know what's going on with VI Pickleball, Make sure you subscribe to our mailing list at wearepickleball.com. Just go in there, give us your email address, and we in turn will tell you when our next camps are coming up. This much fun should be illegal. All right, so that was a little cryptic. Down, up, up, down. What in the world are we talking about here? It's actually a super important concept that uh, pickleball players, I think, lose sight of when we're out on the pickleball court. I was actually just watching some uh, actually senior pro, really good players, uh, four really good players on the court. And sometimes they were violating the down, up, up, down principle. And so even the pro, the best player is violated sometimes. And it's it's something that can get you in trouble when you're on the pickleball court. Specifically, what I'm talking about is I'm talking about getting yourself in a situation or your team in a situation where you're hitting balls from below the net and at your opponents, you're attacking your opponent from below the net. What happens then by definition is either you're hitting the net, right? If you go straight, you're going to hit the net. If you're not hitting the net, then what you're doing is you're hitting from down to up or low to high. So whenever you hit down to up, what happens is in that situation is your opponents now get a ball that's up and they can, you guessed it, hit down on it. So anytime you're in a situation where you're going from low to high until you're attacking underneath the net with an attack ball, there is a risk that what you're doing is creating a situation where your opponents will be able to hit from high to low or up to down. And what happens then is it puts you, you your team in, a, in an impossible situation. Uh, whenever you're attacking you know, low to high and they're attacking high to low or, again, down, up, or up, down, that's going to create a real uh, difficult situation for your team. That, that's why in pickleball, because of the non-volley zone rule, which... We haven't talked about it in this podcast, uh, not, in, not in this way yet, but we will want one of the podcasts. Um, it's the most important rule in pickleball, right? The non-volley zone rule, because it is the rule that, sent, that basically makes our game. Without the non-volley zone rule, without having a non-volley zone area, uh, we would just be playing some sort of mini tennis where you could just run up to the net and slam balls. So you, you, you wouldn't have the same strategy that you, that you have, that we have in our game. And so having the non-volley zone rule creates a situation where there's those seven feet right next to the net, right past the net, into which we can hit that ball without being attacked. So what happens is, you know, if you're hitting, if you're attacking low to high or, or down to up, right? So you're hitting, you're hitting underneath the net and attacking up. Normally, if you're in that kind of situation, your better um, approach is to hit a reset shot into the non-volley zone on the other side. So you're going to take your balls that are underneath the net, and what you're going to do is instead of trying to wail on them and or attack your opponents. What you're going to do is you're going to hit those balls in a form in a manner that's unattackable so that your opponents either have to volley them from underneath the net on their side meaning that say they're going to hit them in the in the thigh say or in the knee that's the kind of ball that they have to hit up on putting them in the same spot then right now now you're switching the the, the you went low to high 
and you're putting them in a low to high situation if they decide to attack, um, or um, basically, you know, or your shot will land inside the non-volley zone, creating again the same kind of situation where you're putting a ball on their side, where you're basically you're you're putting them into the low to high uh, conundrum, the low to high thought process that they need to deal with. So you know, think about that when you're playing. Try and avoid low to high attacks when the ball is low on your side. What you're waiting for is you're waiting for a high to low attack. So you're waiting for a ball to sit up a little bit uh, that you can then uh, punch or attack, hitting on a downward or at least on a horizontal plane and not on an upward plane. The other problem with an upward attack, in addition to being subject to counterattack, is that if you hit that ball hard, right? Say you say, okay, I'm not going to get counterattack, so I'm just going to really hit, hit it really hard. What will happen then if you're playing players that understand uh, the game and understand letting balls go, that's what they're going to do. They're going to let your ball go, and that ball simply going to travel out of bounds harmlessly, right? It's going to fall harmlessly out of bounds. So there's really two downsides to you know low to high attacks. One is the potential for a counterattack, high to low, and the other one is for them to let the ball simply travel and go out of bounds. So general rule of thumbs, general rule of thumb, when the ball is underneath the net, try and consider hitting some sort of a uh, an unattackable ball the other way, uh, you know, as opposed to just simply wailing on it. And if the ball is high, consider hitting on it and hitting high to low or up to down and putting pressure on your opponents that way. So the verdict is in and the paddle that CJ Johnson, myself, Tony Roig, and my wife Jill are all playing with is the new Icon paddle, a relatively new Icon paddle from Diadem Pickleball. We've actually been playing with this paddle for several months now and uh, we wanted to make sure it, it performed up to our expectations and I gotta tell you this is an awesome paddle. It has some of the best playability of any paddle that we've ever played with and Jill's arm that used to have the ice after she played no longer needs icing so it's an awesome paddle if you want to read more about the paddle i'll link to the full review down in the show notes and if you use the code vi pickleball at diadem pickleball you'll get our discount if you decide to give the diadem icon paddle a try send me an email tony at wearepickleball.com and let us know how it went the concept of up down or down up is particularly important when you're playing on the serve team that's something that CJ and I work uh, work on a lot inside. Uh, we are pickleball with our members is basically understanding that when you're on the serve team, you are inherently at a disadvantage. And so in that situation, you're really working to neutralize the advantage of the return team. And, and what happens is a lot of times is serve teams will be moving up to the transition zone and they'll start basically wailing on balls. They'll start attacking from the transition zone. And one of the reasons you don't want to do that, in, in addition to the fact that you're in, in, in what used to be called no man's land, now it's like the transition zone, is basically you're, you're, you're at a disadvantage. I mean, if, you, if your, your opponents are able to see your shoelaces, you're not able to see theirs, that means that they can hit down and, and it's harder for you to attack them down. And so what, what happens is when you, when you start wailing on these balls that are you know, around your knee or your shin or even your thigh, what you're doing is you're hitting up on the ball because if you don't hit up on the ball, right, you're going to hit it into the net. So you have to hit up on the ball, and then your opponents are able to hit down on it. And that's a real disadvantage. That's a real that's a position of disadvantage that you're playing out of. So in those situations, you're better off doing what we said earlier, which is basically trying to hit a reset shot, where it, you make the the other play the players on the other side, your opponents on the return team, hit up on the ball. You want them to have to hit up on the ball, as opposed to allowing them to hit down on the ball. And that's the up down. And again, it's something that we really work on with our with our uh, members inside. We are pickable in helping them understand like where you want to attack from and where you don't want to attack from. 
So try and keep that in mind next time you're out there playing. If you're getting attacked with a lot of balls, maybe consider that you're maybe attacking balls that are low, hitting up on them, and allowing your opponents to counter, hitting down. Not how you want to play the game. If you want to listen to our thoughts about playing on challenge courts or more advanced courts in your rec center or your community courts, stay tuned for the riff. You'd like to help your friend or family member learn how to play pickleball, but how? Now it's easy. Pick up a copy of Play Pickleball, A Beginner's Guide. It's the most complete guide to playing pickleball. Available as a digital download or in hard copy at intopickle.com or at Amazon. Let's keep growing the sport. If you ever play open play at a rec center or community courts, there's oftentimes uh, one or more courts that are designated like advanced. Maybe they have a color on them or they're, you know, like a color code or they're basically like, you know, or challenge court, something like that. And what, what happens sometimes is players feel that they don't belong on those courts. So they feel like, okay, I don't belong to, I, I, I shouldn't play on that court. I'm not good enough. Whatever the reason is, right? I shouldn't play on that. I shouldn't play on those advanced courts. And I'll tell you that, our, you know, our personal experience when we've traveled uh, all over the country, frankly, um, you know, watching, you know, seeing pickleball and and uh, and enjoying the game with the players is we'll see the courts where there's like a beginner court and a or beginner area and an advanced area. And when you look around, you look at the advanced players and you, and you can say, okay, objectively, some of those players aren't as good as some of the beginners I'm looking at. And vice versa, right? Some of the beginner players are better than some of the advanced players, but they seem to stay on their, you know, their respective courts. And, you know, I, I'm not saying, we're not saying there's not a place for, you know, allowing players of certain levels to play together. So you could have like beginner, intermediate, advanced. What we wanted to talk about was a situation where you look, you know, objectively, right? Objectively, you look at yourself and you look at the quote-unquote advanced or quote-unquote intermediate courts. And you can say, okay, I could probably play on those courts. You know, I may not be the, the best player on those courts. That's fine. You know, I may not be, I may not win all my games over there, but maybe, you know, maybe I could play over there. And what we're going to encourage you to do is if you're being objective about that, right? And you're objectively saying I could play on those courts. What we don't want you to do is hold yourself back by saying to yourself, you know, well, no, I, you know, I don't, you know, I, I'm not going to go over there for some other reason. So the recommendation is really twofold. One, look at the situation objectively, right? Be objective about your play. Be objective about the play of the other players. Don't look at them and just because, you know, they hit the ball harder than you do, or maybe, you know, they had this fantastic rally every once in a while. Um, you know, that's not dispositive. Look at their play objectively over a period of a game or two. Consider your play. If you consider that, objectively speaking, you can play on those courts, then we encourage you to definitely, uh, you know, go over there and play on those courts. And the other suggestion that we have is that is that let's say right now, objectively, again, you look at it and you say, you know what? Maybe I'm not quite at their level yet. I'm, you know, I, I, I need some some more work on my game. There is, there is a myriad of ways that you can improve yourself if that's what you want to do, that you can improve your game so that if you want to play on those other courts, you can go over there and play with them. Some of the things that you can do in order to improve your game and get yourself to where you can play on the other courts if that's what you want to do is you can play, you can practice against the wall. The wall is a tremendously valuable resource for improving as a pickleball player. By hitting balls against the wall, the wall doesn't care what you do, right? So the wall's not going to judge you or, or you know think anything about your, what you're doing. So it, it, it should it should allow you to be more quiet in your mind about what you're doing because you don't have to worry about your drilling partner, what your drilling partner's thinking. If your drilling partner, you know, 
you don't have to worry about your drilling partner thinking that, you know, gee, this, you know, my friend's making them missing a lot of shots or whatever. You do whatever you want against the wall. The wall doesn't care, and it's always there for you. So the wall's a fantastic resource. Another really good way of, of practicing is alone on a court. So you go during off hours. You take a, you know, 20 balls, 30 balls, whatever you have, put them in a bag or a, or a bucket or whatever, and just go out there and drop balls to yourself. You'd be amazed at how effective that is at teaching you stroke mechanics. And not just teaching you stroke mechanics, giving you confidence. What you need a lot of times is you need your, your they, but they call it self two, right? So you have self one and self two. Self one is the one that's always yakking at you, the, the self-critical side of you. Self two is the one that actually hits the ball. Self two is really the doer. And so if you let self two do its thing, do, you know, do, do its thing out there, hitting ball after ball after ball, then when you go out on the pickleball court for a game, you're just going to be much quieter and much more confident about your shots because you've hit more shots uh, in the interim, right? You've just been able to practice. And again, an empty court isn't going to judge you. It's not going to opine. It's not going to think anything about anything. So you can go out there and calmly just keep hitting and doing your thing and really work on your game and, and hone your skill or hone your, hone your uh, pickleball game. Another thing you can do is, uh, you know, I, I've mentioned this before uh, on the podcast, but, you know, there's the, like CJ Johnson and I have the program VI Pickleball or We Are Pickleball. That's a really good program where you can learn the game comfortably, you know, uh, again, quietly just studying it. Uh, and it's something that we uh, that we, you know, pride ourselves in, in putting together programs that really help players. The, the feedback we've gotten has been uh, tremendously positive from our players, from our members. Um, you know, and so that's another uh, technique you can use to really help improve your game. So bottom line is this, if you're playing on one set of courts in your community, but you wanna play on another set of courts in your community, uh, you know, there's there's definitely hope to do so. You may be there already, right? Objectively, if you're there, go over there, play on that court. If you're not quite there yet and you need some more work, there's a lot of solutions uh, to that. And, uh, you know, just some study and, and some practice is a way to get from where you're at to where you wanna be. So hope you enjoyed this week's podcast and uh, hope you have a nice week. Uh, we'll see you next week. If you enjoyed the podcast, please give it a rating on whatever platform you're listening to it. It really helps us reach other players. And as always, if you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends. If you enjoyed it, they probably will too. Be well out there.